Hi friends and welcome to the We Believe podcast, a discussion program where we talk about the Bible and seek to strike a balance between biblical truth and daily living. I'm your co-host Captain Mike Harper and with me is the Reverend Warren Tanner. Bear in mind this conversation took place live over telephones uh, where he and I were each in separate geographic locations. So you might notice the audio cutting uh, in or out for a moment or two, but hang in there and listen to the rest of the program. Enjoy. Disclaimer. The views and comments, statements, and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. So, uh, so today I was hoping we could have a discussion. I actually read your most recent blog last night and came out of the book of Galatians. I think it was entitled the marks of Christ or something like that. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't even remember what I, hold on. Uh, I pulled it up since yeah, the marks of the Lord Jesus out of Galatians. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so blessed and actually, uh, I've read probably, you know, six or seven of your blogs, since I started, since I became aware you were writing them. And this was my favorite one. It just was a real blessing. How good. <laughs> and I, I had never looked at it from the angle that you had um, to where, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul was coming against the Judaizers, um, the quote unquote Judaizers, people who were trying to, uh, trying to make new converts to the Christian faith, uh, keep the Jewish law and, um, and forget about a whole lot of other things. And so, uh, you know, why don't you give me your nutshell thoughts on that? The whole Judaizer uh, situation that was going on that Paul felt he needed to speak against. Yeah. So, you know, as I've mentioned, I've been in the book of Galatians and, uh, actually, you know, I just decided to slow down my Bible reading just in general. So there's certain key books like Romans, Galatians, and Ephesians that for me personally have been theologically challenging. Not that I did not agree with what Paul was saying. Obviously, it's trying to wrap my head around what he's saying in the context of uh, when he's saying it and, and what he's saying it. <clears throat> and then as I've been going through these books, I've just been getting to the end, start again, get to the end, start again. So now I'm in Galatians, my fourth or fifth time, and I'm making it through. So that process has enabled me to kind of like connect some dots without really thinking about it, because you read something so many times, you remember, oh, yeah, he said this there, and he said that there. So, you know, when I... Like, bang! Bang! Yeah. Why didn't I see that the other three times? Yeah, you know, and and so it's always been there. It's it's nothing new. I I think at least for me, it's becoming. You know, it's not okay. I read the book of Galatians. I'll move on, which is how I've done it from Genesis to Revelation. You know, for ever. Uh, and but I I decided now to just slow it down. And what a blessing it's been, especially Romans and Galatians, because I've not made it to Ephesians yet. And uh, I did it through First uh, Corinthians, I think. And it's just been unbelievable. So anyway, so, you know, Paul, there's an antagonist. And, and I never yes. put it together. There's an antagonist that he is trying to take 
to the mat, basically. And it's the Judaizers. You know, and these are the guys that are starting to get a little bit worried because these Jesus freaks are, are starting to coalesce and become this group. And, and they're now becoming a, a force, if I could say it that way, to be reckoned with. And these Judaizers are feeling a little bit of their power base slipping away. So they're mm. going to do what they can to diminish the influence of Paul. And you can just sense Paul's heart on two sides. His heart is broken for what's happening to the Galatians, and he wants to rip the eyeballs out of the Judaizers. I mean, you get to the end of it, and then and without trying to make it sound nice, because it, it's not really, you know, Paul basically says, I wish these guys would castrate themselves. And then he, he calls upon them an anathema, an eternal condemnation, and, and basically, if I could say it that way, he's, he's this, uh, you can edit this if you want, but he's basically saying, I wish you guys would just shut up. And if you're not going to just go to hell, because that's really right. what he's saying. And, and, and he's just broken. You know, he says to the Galatians, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So he said, where the love you had for me, you would have given me your eyes. And now I'm your enemy. What has happen so this is eternal stuff he's dealing with here he's putting on the gloves and he's taking these guys to the mat the judaizers and finally he says put up or shut up i got marks all over my body show me your marks and you know why you don't have any because of the cross the offense that it brings and you're afraid to bear the price for the cross i glory in the cross you judaizers what do you glory in right now let's park there for a second yeah Uh, In a moment, we'll go ahead and read a little bit of this Galatians chapter six. But, you know, it strikes me, the Apostle Paul worked very hard and long in his life to cultivate humility before the Lord and before others. And uh, because of that, he had a longer fuse than most folks. (laughs) But, But make no mistakes, he had his limits like everyone. Yep. And, uh, when when Paul finally would go off, yeah, he would go off, and he was he was uh, he was an epistle pack of mum. Yeah, well, and well he, he did that with Barnabas. He did because they had that paroxysm, yeah. that face to face. He did it with Peter, where he says, "I called Peter out in front of everybody." Right, and, and that's kind of what he did here. And 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 thank you for uh, for your sensitivity to the word be, and and. and uh, this kind of drama being revealed to you because it's causing me to look at this in a, in a way that I never really looked at it and saw hmm. before. I never, I never saw it. And uh, now I see it very clearly. So let's take it. Let's take a second and let's just read chapter six. It's very short. It's uh, 18 short verses. Sure. And uh, then we'll continue the discussion. Okay. So um, yeah, Paul says, brethren, If a man's overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Or if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. And there's that there's that uh, that humility that the Apostle Paul has come to be known for. Yeah. Um, and then he continues, 
Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For who sows to his for he who sows to his faith will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are mm. of the household of faith. Mm. And now here's where he starts to just kind of say, all right, I can't even with you guys. See what see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good show in the flesh, though these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in your spirit. Amen. So, you know, he's closing off this, this wonderful benediction to the Galatian church. And then he adds this on at the end. And by the way, if any of you Judaizers are listening, this is for you. Yeah, if you would, um, that part where he says, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. oh, if anybody is against this rule, find that verse. Um, it's right after, I don't have my Bible open. I'm not moving much, so my phone won't go wacky on me. Yeah. Uh, it's right after the new creation yeah and as many as walk according to this rule peace and mercy be upon them okay and upon so the question is what is this rule rule goes back to the verse that he just said the rule is the new creation a person has to be born again i think this is another subtle attack on them he's saying if anybody's going against this rule and the rule being the new creation, salvation by grace through faith, then they're wrong. And, and I think that's, if I'm correct on that, I'm not sure I am because, you know, as we both said, I'm, we're walking through new territory even yeah. as we speak. But from what I can gather and a little bit of reading I've done, uh, that rule is talking about the new creation. So I think he's even challenging them, challenging these Judaizers in relation to faith. Do they even have it? Are they saved? Where is the proof? Do you have a new creation? Are you filled, born again of the Spirit? And where are your marks? Right. Well, he's saying, you know, this thing uh, that they called at that time the way, We'll just for uh, expedience call it Christianity. Mm -hmm. This is a whole new hybrid. It's a whole new being. Uh, And and it's so far beyond circumcision and uncircumcision that if you're worrying about those things, you don't get it yet. Yeah. We're talking about something completely brand new, never been on the earth before. That's what this is all about. And if you're into that, you're the ones I'm going to pour myself into. This is what Jesus Christ came to do. 
Yeah. And, and they're, they're using something that all human flesh saved or unsaved is, is, uh, uh, allured by, and that is, I need to do something. I need to do something. And so the, the, who Paul is writing to the Galatians. Well, that's a broad perspective there. It's probably the way he seems to talk a mixture of Jew and Gentile. The Gentiles would be easily susceptible to this sort of thing to fall back into. I have to do something. I mean, I don't know how you are. Were, but you get saved, it's like, not that it was easy, but is that all? It was so easy. And, and, no. and we still think because of our fallen human nature, we have to do something. And so Judaizers or modern Christian people in authority can play upon that sense of I must do something, even from a good basis, to show my appreciation. And we cannot lose sight of the fact that it's always, always grace, prior salvation, during salvation, for all eternity. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, uh, yeah. When you finally become a Christian, it's like, Whoa, it's, it's really that easy. Why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah. Why did I fear, uh, the buildup that religion has, yeah. has given me in yeah. the world? Yeah. Why did I fear that? Oh, I can't, you know, I, I can't smoke. I can't chew. I can't go with girls that do, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, and, and so, because uh, religion just all it does is define itself by everything it doesn't do. That's right. It, defines, it presents itself to the world in purely negative terms. It seems. Well, even uh, Christianity, Mike. I mean, if you think about it, it's we have our own form. We've created our own form of our own rules, even as Christianity. Like you said, okay, now that you're saved, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Well, it right. becomes another list of can't do's. This is how you dress. This is how you don't dress. This is where you swim. This is how you don't swim. And, and, and it, we create, it's, it's so weird, Mike, that we recreate the same errors even after we're saved. And, and we're missing something here, and I don't understand what. Hey, you know what? I did a word study on the word religion once. You know what the root of that doggone word is? <laughs> no. <laughs> to tie up. Really? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> check that one out. Get wow. your get your uh, get your concordance out with that. Yeah, um, it'll yeah. blow your mind. But boy, doesn't that add a whole new um, kind yeah. of set of uh, thinking processes when you when you yeah. think of religion that way? It, it, it and and we down. still want to have somebody to tell us what to do. Whether you know we we can talk Christianity or Judaism or or whatever form of a religion we'll throw them all into. We still want somebody to, to tell us what to do and and that's not necessarily wrong because in, in a good bible preaching church there there's there's rulers elders pastors deacons you know god has set up organization and rule for order but but we still bear the responsibility to find out for ourselves what the yeah. scriptures say and and until we can get away from what my pastor says although that's important and i was one and still am, you know, that's important. But listen, don't base your eternity on me. God's given everybody, basically the word of God these days, the answers are there. You know, don't you think it's really kind of unsettling, especially as a new believer, to walk on in unstructured, unscaffolded freedom uh, yeah. rather than uh, that you can't see rather than a visible church and sure. dogma 
and and orthodoxy and everything that can be built up around you to kind of protect you and give you something to lean on almost like a the way it, uh, a, a person who's convalescing would use a walker yeah well and, the, <laughs> yeah. and to be fair i mean my makeup is such prior to salvation i was a rebel you know i was always independent i mm-hmm. you know not always negatively but i was going to choose myself what direction i needed to go so i was used to just being on my own in that sense so when i got saved it what took me back was all of a sudden i was thrown into this structure base that was for me almost smothering and and it's like i don't understand what's going on here because I grasped the concept right off the bat. I have the Holy Spirit living within me. This book that I hold in my hands is a very living word of God. He's promised us that if we'll come to his word, since we have the Holy Spirit, he'll lead, guide, and direct us. And yes, you need some guidance along the way. Um, So I've not really struggled with some of this stuff in the sense you just said. I struggled with it on the opposite end. Hey, leave me alone. I need some room to breathe here. Yeah. So, you know, and that's why God's word is so unique, because he this is a wrong way to say this, probably, but he morphs it personally into what we need. He doesn't give us new doctrines and new insight. But the word of God is so amazing that he takes the same thing that I read and that you read and can speak to us from two different perspectives, still saying the same thing. And that's the beauty of it all. God doesn't suppress our individuality. Chuck Swindoll said, God does not want cookie cutter Christians. And that changed me when I heard him say that. And it's interesting because every person is at a different spot in the spectrum of human experience. Yep. And so the word has to be able to be this kind of fluid. Uh, 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 have you ever used uh, in construction, they use self-leveling concrete sometimes to pour no, on, no. A, on an uneven basement floor. And they just pour it and then the whole thing seeks its own level and levels it out. <laughs> That's how the word of God is to yeah. our spirits. Yeah. Because we're, we're all on this continuum. Yep. In different places. So, of course, our perspectives yeah. are going to be radically different from one another. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is from wherever we have been on that spectrum, we can end up safely yeah. in the right place at the end. Yeah, you know, you were saying what you saying all of that just made me think about, again, the book of Galatians. You know, he 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 is so uh, beside himself. He says, who in the world has bewitched you they've been put under a spell and as far as what you're saying i don't lose track of what you just said because very important that different level so he says hey when i met you guys you got saved and we had this wonderful relationship but now you're ebbing out of that you've been bewitched you're going this other way what's going on and and he's just like any parent would be to a child finally you have to get the child's attention and you do that by doing something so unexpected your head almost spins and he says go ahead 
Well, no, I was just going to say, that's why Paul was so upset with the Judaizers. They, they came into this group of very spiritually vulnerable, yes. open people. Yep. And, you know, he, he, he went around starting churches and he got them going right. And then, then he comes back a while later. It's like, how did you get so far off track? Yep. And then he's, he finds out who did it. And he's like, you, yeah. you, yeah. you did this. What's wrong? Yes. Yeah. And we lose the passion. And I'm trying to get this through to those that I still preach to nowadays. We, we lose the passion in the words. We almost read the Bible and kind of like we read a book, unless we're really into it and can see it in, in monotone. And and we we lose the inflection. We use the we lose the facial expressions. And that's why it's so important, especially though not just specifically with Paul. Because I was thinking about this this morning, Mike. Paul had he's he's on a different level. Now bear with me. He's he was saved on the Damascus road, had this light, the Lord Jesus appears to him. Then he gets later on caught up to, to the third heaven, talks with God, and it's so powerful. And for whatever reason, he's not supposed to say anything about it. So now this fellow who is writing, for example, in Galatians, where he gives the, uh, what's the word, analogy, that's not the word that he uses. Um, uh, with Hagar and, and all of that, there's the yeah. allegory that, you know, if yep. you read through that, which I have been doing, reading over and over and over, it's almost mind twisting what he says and how in the world he even got that information to say what he's saying. And it's so powerful. You can't even really stop to try to dissect it. You have to just absorb. And the only way to absorb that block of information is to have started to learn the nuances of Paul and get to know him because Peter said in all things he's hard to be understood in all his writings and he is but he isn't you and I've had a relationship long enough to where we know each other it has to be something like that with the reading of all of scripture obviously but with the apostle Paul so he's 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 saying so much here and saying using so little verbiage that unless we know what Paul is saying, we're going to miss a ton. You know, when you said um, the Bible has to come alive to you, look, have you ever gotten an email or a text message and it's it's so easy to misconstrue sure. what's being said because you don't have the benefit of the inflection, the right. emotion, the facial uh, expression, you know, the whole emotional context in which it was said. Um, so it's easy to go awry mm -hmm. in your interpretation. Well, that's why the Bible is a spiritually discerned. Right. It cannot be understood with the natural mind. Well, and yeah. so you need the Holy Spirit yeah. that, that, that brings that interpretation, that, that contextualizes the scripture for you so that it becomes, uh, or, or you're tapping into the livingness yes. of the book yeah. without it. You're just reading the text message, and like any other one, 95% <laughs> chance you're going to misinterpret it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know how I am. I get excited, especially when, you know, I'm, I'm into, I don't know if this is like a growth spurt or what in the world's going on here, uh, you know, the last year or so of my life. But, yeah, it, the 
this Bible I've read for what I'm going to say 41 or two or three, whatever it is years now, yeah. it's just still unfolding now, like the grand finale in the 4th of July, where, you know, it started with a poof here and a poof here. Then you get all the way. And then finally, it's this humongous thing. It's, it's almost like that's what's happening, you know, with the word of God. And, and I think it's intentional. You know, you cannot give a baby a steak. You know, and you have to bring up that baby in stages. And it's all a growth. We were a seed planted in the ground and we're growing to perfection until Christ comes. And it would just make sense that our fruit, our understanding should take on a greater fullness as we mature in Christ. Yeah. You know, I've been a Christian for many years, too. And it's like um, it's never been humdrum for me. The, the game has always been increasingly more interesting yes. to me. It's like, and now I'm like the I'm like Tom Brady and the Pats coming into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. five minutes to go. We're in the red zone. I mean, it does not get any more yeah. exciting than that. Yeah. And I'm so blessed to have made it to the fourth quarter. It's yes. a privilege. Yeah. And uh, I'm enjoying my Christian life so yeah. much. And I'm so grateful God uh, enables me to see every day, although – you know, you could ask my wife, she'd say, uh, that's not the guy I'm living with every day. But, yeah, you know, if that's what's going on on the inside, even though there are things that kind of get in the way. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I might have told you this years ago. Uh, we were still in New Orleans and we got phoned up to uh, the church of my pastor's ministry. I got saved to do the missions conference, you know, and I, I up there, I'm preaching and just being me and saying stuff. And one evening, a couple a little bit older than we are. Their kids were old, a little bit older than ours. But we're talking there and Judy's next to me and, and the wife. She says to Judy, it must be wonderful to live with your husband. <laughs> you know, Judy and I just looked at each other and had our knowing smirk it's like no 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 it's not that wonderful (laughs) you know we're up here we're up here in uh sydney new york so we were in a little gift shop yesterday Hmm. armita and i and there was a uh you know how they have like they'll you can often in gift shops you can see those little folksy signs yeah the little things on them well this one said marriage where you spend the rest of your life sleeping with your best weirdo. <laughs> so something to that effect. And we said, we got to get that. Yeah. And she said, yeah, that's going right over our bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, the truth is, I mean, we're getting off topic slightly, but marriage is, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, anyway, let's not go down that path. But yes, but marriage is a perfect parallel you grow in the marriage relationship you start out wow this is wonderful then all of a sudden the rubber hits the road and he's not what i thought and she's not what i thought then you throw in kids and then the kids are a disaster and they grow up and become teenagers and then you're living hell on earth in this wonderful thing that should have been wonderful but you find as you go through each stage of its blessings and its trials as you continue to grow in that marriage relationship if you make it through those difficult times and and the marriage has made it uh marriage becomes really really sweet and you unite on a different level it's true you you become uh you kind of become undone together mm-hmm. who you started out being and you become yeah. uh through grace yeah. uh who, who you're supposed to be yeah. hey um, before we before we close i'd like to um 
just uh, get your thoughts on this part. Uh, Paul says in verse 11, chapter 6 of Galatians, see with what letters, large letters, I've written to you with my own hand, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. You know, and it's always that way. Yeah, People who, who are consumed with the outward appearance of things, and how things appear to others and what others are going to think. They're the ones that are, going to, that are going to compel you to become circumcised. But I want you to walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, too, the other part of that, perhaps, is they, the Judaizers are losing their power base. Paul's getting it. it it's a matter of, of who let's, uh, holds the most sticks in their hand, I, just for whatever well, the Judaizers are losing sticks here over to this Christianity. And they're not looking so good right now because the Judaizers, based on works, and, and just like any congregation or pastor, you have more people, it looks better. You start losing people, hey, what's going on here? And so they're wanting to make a good show in the flesh, one, by circumcision, but also because he, they want their people back. So they're going to work hard to show that Paul's wrong, and look, after all, we were right. Yeah. Hey, you ready, you ready for me to take this where it ought not go? Sure. Oh, all um, time. All time. I. I see a parallel, and I don't want to get too political, but I see a parallel between what we have going on today. We have a party, a political party in this country that doesn't think people are smart enough to take care of mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and think that uh, there's a, a smaller group of people that should kind of take yeah. care of everybody. Yeah. And then we have another political party that thinks people ought to have personal freedom, be self-governing, this and that. Isn't that kind of interesting? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of the, it's kind of a parallel with the same power base thing that was going on yeah. there. Yeah. You had these Judaizers that were so used to exercising control because they didn't think people could manage it on their own. Yeah, and they and, didn't want and, people and, to manage it on their own. It's not even right. necessary that they thought they couldn't. They didn't want them to. True, true. And we couldn't anyway. But you need the Holy Spirit. And it's a lot easier to trust something you can see than something you can't see. And that's the way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's neat, too, because he uses that, because keying off of what you just said about the Holy Spirit, he uses that word bewitched. It's it's about a magic spell. You know, it's like what a magician would do. Well, in, in the basis of a magician, not the regular funny magicians, but if the hardcore magicians, there there's probably a spiritual realm involved in that. Not that I may be blowing that, but I think Paul is trying to at least draw a line in the sand. Is what spirit are you listening to? There's this bewitching spirit, but then there's the Holy Spirit. I presented to you the Holy Spirit by grace through faith. There's this other spirit that wants you to do, do, do. Which spirit are you under? Yeah. Yeah. Which spirit? That's a very good question. Yeah. Yep. Very good question. All right, so let's end on these marks that uh, Paul says from now on. Let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks, the stigmata yeah. Yeah. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I uh, I did a little bit of research on this stigmata, which uh, just means to be just means marks on the skin, either through burning or or pricking, almost like a tattoo, yeah, uh, or scars of service that a lot of uh, slaves and soldiers would yep. would have put on. 
um, I, I think that we can spiritually have uh, the these marks of Christ. Some have uh, there have been people in history that have physically claimed to have had these marks of Christ, and you know, wounds in the same places where Jesus had them: the hands, the wrists, the feet, the mm-hmm. back, the side. Um, most of them have been debunked as trickery. Um, yep. But the Apostle Paul here, when he's talking about, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus, you don't think he's saying, all right, he had nail holes in his wrists and feet and a, a spear hole in his side, do you? Oh, no. But, you know, he had been stoned. He, we, he's yeah. been, uh, how many times he's received many stripes, save one. I mean, his body was racked with scars he was whipped i'm sure there were scars there been hit with the stones where he was pelted to death almost or maybe did die some think uh no he's saying but i think he's making a parallel to the fact with the lord jesus and and let me try to say what i mean here paul is saying i bear these marks you can see them they're very physical he connects it with i bear in my body the marks of the lord jesus his were also very physical He connects all of that to the cross. And he's saying to bear the cross uh, uh, properly as you should, there will be persecution which will produce marks. They that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We've forgotten that persecution aspect of normality to the Christian walk because we have diminished, even in our verbiage and in our churches and from the pulpits, the message of the cross. And we don't even know anymore how to begin to discuss the cross. So Paul is saying, if you are going to hold up the gospel-saving message of the cross, you will bear the inevitable marks of that, just like I am. Now, it doesn't mean we're all going to be beat, but the history of Christianity, when it's being used, is what? Jail, persecution, starvation, death, burning at the stake, imprisonment. And Mike, in our churches, and I'm guilty as the rest of them, We have dumbed down the message of the cross because it's offensive. Nobody wants to hear the truth of the gospel that all are wicked sinners in need of salvation. Why the heck do you think Jesus came in the first place? So, but anyway, we need to bear. And that's why I'm saying in that blog, if we will be what we're supposed to be without even trying, we are going to, in a sense, be offensive. We don't have to offend because we're jerks. But if we be the light and the salt, things are going to start to happen. And we've dumbed down the message of the cross because even we, not just the Judaizers, even we know what's going to happen. Well, in your blog, you said because the cross isn't pretty. And the the church at large through the centuries has done its best to remove the stigma Mm -hmm. and all of the stigmata of the cross. You go into a church. What's the cross? It's this beautifully, finely yeah. finished piece of furniture festooned with flowers yeah. and uh, all sorts of uh, arrangements. Uh, but the hunk of wood that Jesus was crucified on, first of all, was a rough-hewn timber yeah. full of splinters. And it was yeah. ugly. It had blood all over it. And it was an instrument of capital punishment. Yeah, We have beautiful jewelry that's a cross. It would be as morbid. Wearing a cross 
yeah. and displaying it in our chapels, it's 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 as morbid as putting uh, an image of an electric chair <laughs> on jewelry and wearing it around yeah. your neck. Yeah, or, that's or a great a point. Yeah. Or, or a gallows. Putting a gallows up behind the pulpit. Yeah. And, well, and and since we're talking about the spiritual realm of things here, we forget that Satan is a master strategician or strategist. Um, if you were Satan, you would try to minimize the impact of the most important symbol, if I can use that for the cross. And so Satan comes along and he uh, bewitches us into feeling we need to turn this thing into something that is not... And everything you just said is is what sprung me on this is you take away that image. Well, then the shock factor that it's meant to have, it kind of goes away. Now it's this cute little thing. You can buy it for five dollars and wear it and pin it around you. You know, that's he just sits back and says, these guys are so dumb. Satan does. These guys are so stupid. We make his job so easy because we don't think through what we say we believe and what we do. And you know what? I would dare say that when you're wearing a cross as a piece of jewelry, you are not bearing about on your body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ because you and the church and we have so destigmatized it that it's meaningless now, largely yeah. meaningless. Yeah. And it's going to be harder for us, Mike, in the end times. And I think we're starting to feel if we as Christians. I can remember when I got saved and back in those early years and when I was a pastor, you know, there was a, a level of, of respect and, and, and reverence still there for just even being a Christian or, well, he's a religious guy. Let's not swear around him. Well, today things are changing and, and where people don't get promoted because of their faith. People are losing marriages because of their faith, losing kids because of their faith. We are entering into a realm in which, uh, we're going to start paying the price for our our faith. Yeah, I, I, I had the privilege of having lunch one time with Haddon Robinson, yeah. uh, great, great Christian apologist and, and writer. And uh, yep. he said he said the problem with with our culture today is Christianity no longer has the home court advantage. Right. Uh, which we had 40, 50 years ago. Yes. Yep. We've lost that. And we are we are in an unchurched, yeah, an unchristianized nation now. Yep. It's gone over to pure secularism. Yes. And, and, and that's what it is. Okay. Yep. We know, we know the story, the, uh, from the beginning to the end, we know that the world until Christ returns is not going to be getting better and better. Right. Um, but it's kind of sad. We're living in, in what I would classify as the end times. And of course, every generation has said they lived in the end times. But that's well, part of faith it, in the imminent return of Christ. It can be any time. Yeah. And I think it's especially difficult for us in America versus somebody over in Africa or over in Russia or in China that's always had to pay the price for their faith. We, we're, we're reeling from the fact we've had it so good in a very actually not normal sense because we've lived in America. We've had it very good. Now we're, we've been so lulled into, you know, this is how it is that, you know, any little thing of anything now that the church undergoes is, is considered, you know, horrific. Whereas people around the world, and you've dealt with the people from Russia that came, 
I mean, yeah. they, they live sometimes in threat of their lives or having to hide for their faith. They're not, right. you know, to, for them to suffer, quote unquote, what we're going through in America, it, I think it's worse for us. And I don't think it's by design that Satan has been able to manipulate a lot of everything to bring us to the end period uh, where, where, you know, we are a bunch of babies and we're like uh, whoever wrote to the Hebrews is saying, I I should be feeding you with milk, but I'm still putting milk in your mouth. And that's where we are as Americanized Christians, even just Christian quote unquote, or true Christians. We, we think we're strong, but put us up to one of those Russian people you talk to. We are just pathetically anemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking to myself. I mean, I've had some wake up calls. I'm reading through Galatians and it's like, Oh gosh, if I was living back there and I, you know, here comes Paul. I don't want to get connected to Paul. I'm going to get beat half to death. If I hang out with this guy, you know, you start having to make choices as to, Wow, if the Apostle Paul was really here, how many of us would want to link up to his side and be identified with this guy? Right. Right? Yeah, that, that would be a very, very interesting poll. Oh, sure. Uh, if, if you had Paul on the scene today and, um, you know, like uh, like choosing sides for basketball, um, yeah. who wants to be on his team if he's Well, with captain? his shirt off. You know, it's kind of like the, the scene in – Rambo, First Blood, where they take his shirt off and see all the stripes. Yeah, put Paul in front of a group and then put uh, Joel Olstein next to him and see who would go with whom. Oh, yeah. Right? Hey, listen. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Let's see if we can uh, end this out on a, on a positive, uplifting note. Well, um, you know, the truth is, this stuff does uplift me. It encourages me. I've always enjoyed listening to preachers like Lester Roloff or these old-time guys. They just sh- shelled the corn and let it fly, and I'm just soaking it up and being thankful because each one of us knows every time, pretty much throughout the day, we need to be taken to the woodshed. So yeah. all the, even though this sounds horrific, I find it very positive and i don't know how to explain that does that mean i want to be beat up in stone no i'm scared to death i don't want to go through that but to be brought face to face with the reality you listen jesus did not he did not come and say hey come follow me everything's going to be fine what did he say if you want to follow me take up your cross die daily and follow me and you're going to lose mother father brother sister husband lands we we've made it to easy mike and so even you and i we fall perhaps prey to like you know you're saying i get what you're coming don't want to end it this way but the truth is jesus ended it that way (laughs) you know he said hang in there i'm coming back he that endures to the end shall be saved we have to get back into the minds and hearts of god's people this is a battle yeah jesus lets us know that we will be overcomers in the end. But he does say, look, until I come back, it might look like a lot of the time, like you're not winning. Yeah. So you've got to hang in there. You've got to fight and you've got to, um, you've got to pluck people from the fire. Uh, That's not easy. You know, we're up here where we have campfires and uh, when you reach in, in there to uh, adjust the logs and everything, it gets pretty hot reaching into a fire. 
Yeah. And I think that the scripture gives us illustrations. You have Daniel in the den. Well, look at what happened. It wouldn't happen if he had made it to the den. Then you have Peter in prison, chained to the guards, you know, fearing, you know, he, he may be next. But it's in those moments of intensity that I think is where God starts to really reveal himself. And then they, they, they all get out of a prison there in an Acts, and they're just rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. See, we have to get our mind to that point. Yeah. Yeah, we do. All right. So I see uh, in Galatians chapter five, the beginning of chapter five, I see kind of like a, a, a good benediction. Mm-hmm. A reminder for um, for us today. Paul says, "Stand fast, therefore, in the mm-hmm. liberty Amen. by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage." Yeah. Indeed, I, Paul, I say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will nothing. profit you nothing. Yeah. Don't take the bait. Don't yeah. take the bait. Yes. He says. He says, uh, and I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. Yeah. And so listen, walk and, and, on, brothers and sisters, in, in liberty. And you have to realize, I think there was a sort of pressure here involved in this circumcision. Uh, this, you know, I don't know if you experienced this as a young kid in gym and you had to go in the locker room and undress and take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's invariable you're going to find out the guy who's been cut or not cut there be and so the guys that weren't circumcised because everybody else was is kind of changing now they were kind of poked fun at sometimes a little bit for being different can right. you imagine what was going on especially in the climate and the atmosphere that the judaizers were bringing hey <laughs> let's see it happened in world war ii how could they tell who were jews there's this thing, and it goes all the way back to Abraham with the with the circumcision. It, it's 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 cutting you where it's going to be very well noticed. And and he's saying, "Oh, you're afraid. You know, you want to be able to show your marks. Those aren't the marks we're talking about." Right. You're missing the entire point. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's nefarious. I can't think of any other word. And um, and it goes on in Christianity. It goes on in independent fundamental Baptist churches. It goes on in, in everything. And we have to fight, Mike, you and I, in the right sense, that we, we, we have to push back on this stuff. Now, we don't want to be libertines. You know, woo-hoo, we can do whatever the H-E double toothpicks we want. No. <laughs> but those that truly know grace know the freedom of living in grace because grace isn't licentiousness. Grace still has boundaries, but the boundary that holds it in is, and he talks about it, the, the love and, and not the sappy stuff that we're talking about today, but the love that was shown to us through Christ on that cross and God sending his son, that love should so powerfully control us and prick us that we are pressed within ourselves to not want to displease our heavenly father that's grace yeah amen and 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 paul gives a very detailed discussion uh on the circumcision of the heart mm-hmm. as opposed to physical uh mutilation actually is what he calls it yeah. um in in the book of romans 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, these these marks of Christ. Yeah, there there will be physical evidence as there was in Paul on his body yeah. of having served the Lord and, and the cost that at which it came. Mm-hmm. But even more so, there should be marks and scars and evidence on our spirits. Yep. And our, you know, for the Christianity that we that we choose uh, to walk on in freedom with. And so Paul closes the book of Galatians and says, and as many as walk according to this rule, mm-hmm. peace and mercy be upon them and, and upon the Israel of God. You, you're the guys I'm talking to. Yes. You're the guys that I'm trying to go through all this for. Yes. And so now I'm done. No one, don't anyone come to my house anymore and bug me with this garbage. Yeah, put up or shut up. I think I put that in my blog. Put up or shut up. Because I don't just have it on my spirit. I bear in my body actual yeah. scars for what my Christianity and my faith has cost me. Yeah. Just like it cost the Lord Jesus everything. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and before it could cost him everything, he had to empty himself of everything first. Yes. And then he made that choice. Yeah. And brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And and that's notice, it's with your spirit. It's talking about the spirit within the person. And and that's a good measure of where people are, Mike. It's what kind of spirit. I don't know if you remember when I first came to our church, I said, God's not so much concerned with our rightness as much as he is with our spirit about our rightness. And that was the Lord Jesus. He had the right spirit, obviously, but not just because of the Holy Spirit, but he had the spirit. So he, Paul, again, uh, tugs at the heart of the matter, the spirit, grace be with your spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, pastor, I think uh, we're just going to have to step away. Yeah, from I don't know how long we are, <laughs> but uh, well, it's, it's always such a blessing to, yeah. uh, to, to, uh, to just lay out the word of God between us and, and kind of walk through it. Cool. All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right. Take care, Mike. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Hey, if you're ever in Manchester, New Hampshire on a Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for church. We have Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m., followed by our worship service at 11. The Salvation Army is located at 121 Cedar Street in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, right behind the SNHU Arena. Also, you can find us online at www.samanchester.org, or you can visit us on Facebook at the We Believe Podcast. When you get there, hit the like button on our page so that we'll show up in your feed. If you have a Bible question or topic you'd like us to explore here on the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can send it to us by email at info at samanchester.org or look up the We Believe podcast on Facebook and send us a message that way. Either way, we want to know what's important to you. Well, friends, that'll do it for another episode of the We Believe podcast. We sure appreciate you joining in today. I'd like to leave you with this scripture from the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 6. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule 
peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Friends, you are loved more than you'll ever know. Until next time, we believe.